Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Happy Tuesday, friends. We're back. Um, I'll be real, you guys. I am in a season, like a season, season, <laughs> where I know I've shared on here before that my sixth born is super colic. Um where she was she's much older now but um even while while she's so much easier when she's awake and happy as a clam you would have never known she screamed so much as a baby when it's still time for bed she screams her lungs out I mean it doesn't matter if I um feed her nurse her rock her sing to her she starts to fall asleep and then it's as if, again, her little soul can't relax, can't settle her little nervous system, and she'll be in a scream session, possibly for hours. And I can't get myself to leave the room. A lot of times she's either screaming in my arms or she's screaming in her crib and I'm shushing her or, or patting her, scratching her back or whatever it is I can to console her and let her know I'm there or I give her the space so that I'm not like overstimulating her. But every minute or so while I'm in the room, I just say, it's okay, I'm here. Either way, I'm in a season where I am, I'll be frank, friends, I am often going to bed with tears in my eyes. I finish up my evenings of uh, often taking two hours to get the baby to bed, and I'm shot. I am emotionally, mentally shot. Um, and then my poor five other kids are, where's mama at night? Where are my snuggles? Where, <laughs> you know, I have no time for the laundry. I barely have time to get on here and record, but I'll be, I'll be honest again, like my husband even says, like, that's good. Go record. It feeds your soul. And I love to connect with all of you guys. Um, but it just got me thinking of like, how we can be so weary and um, exhausted and weak and we often want a soft place to fall and rest. And what if you don't have that soft place? What if you don't have the spouse that lets you lean on them or the parents? What if your family is very broken and wounded and you don't have the family unit, the security and the rock of that to lean on and yet you're God is asking you and walking you through a trenching season. Now, we all have our own stories. We all have our own crosses. We all have our ways in which our weary souls struggle to find the comfort and the consolation we need, whether it's, it is in these lacking of friendships or lacking in your family unit or lacking in your, your marriage. We all have areas in which we are struggling and we feel weak. So before I dive into what our topic is for the day, I wanted to open us up with our Bible verse, okay, which is Matthew 7. It's a long one today, so so <laughs> be patient with me. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, which says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell 
and great was the fall of it. Okay. So I was (laughs) feeling quite weary. As I said, I'm in, I'm in it. And I know many of my listeners are also in it for their own various reasons. And I'm in it and I'm trenching. And I, and I heard the reference to this Bible verse recently and it really got me praying and reflecting, reflecting through what if your house was built on sand? Okay. And clearly God tells us this, this story and to bring some light into our hearts of building our houses upon him. But what if your foundation, your formation was built on sand? What if what you knew growing up wasn't built on security, wasn't built on rock, wasn't built on the foundation of God himself? And how do we know that? Like, how do we even know what it looks like to have a weak foundation, a foundation that's built on sand, right? And I think as I was praying through this and researching this, I was thinking of, you know, real foundations in the homes. And there's a number of signs when builders are inspecting homes that can identify whether or not a house has been built on a weak foundation. And a couple of the signs are, are there cracks in the walls? Are you constantly anxious and worried over things you can't control? Or do you try to control everything? Are you triggered in these ways that sometimes you have very big disordered responses to things that you wouldn't expect? Something bothers you, but it's very clear that the way in which your soul and your body responds and reacts is is disordered, right? Is this the cracks in your walls of your foundation of your belief systems? Another one of the things that the, the builders look for are windows that will not close properly, And I think this is really interesting because I think this is one of the ways in which I feel like I can see clearly that my foundation was built weekly, that I, my home was originally built on sand, right? Are you unable to keep things out because you cannot keep the windows of your soul closed? Are you not able to keep out the lies that the enemy wants to speak into you? Are you unable to um, keep out the untruths? The belief systems, the shaky ways of the untruths, right? Like another one of the things that they um, that they say that's very evident of a weak foundation is uneven flooring. Is the foundation underneath moving, shaking, right? Has maybe your your home, your your home that you've built, your little cottage in your soul that you've built, is built upon untruths shaky grounds, wavy untruths, untruths of that you've believed, whether or not you consciously are aware of it, but you believe in the depths of your soul that one, you are, you are not important. Two, you are unlovable. Three, you will fail because you always fail. Four, you are all alone. Or five, you will be abandoned again. Six, you are a burden Are any of these truths ring home for you? Do you believe these untruths? And if you live out of these untruths, these triggered responses to things, not being able to keep your windows closed, keep the words of the enemy from penetrating your heart, whether or not you have constantly anxious or worried or or all these things, there's cracks in your walls. These may be signs that your home has been built on a weak foundation. Now, let me be clear, my friends. Most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have homes that were not built on perfect rock solid foundations because we are human. Our parents are flawed. Our parents are sinful. Our siblings are sinful. Our relationships with people in which we're 
of formative relationships growing up are all sinful as well as ourselves. So no foundation in the sense of what we are given from the earthly flesh of other humans will be perfect. Some of you may have had really broken childhoods. Some of you may be lacking the security and the comfort of a mother or father that love you unconditionally through your broken nature, through your sinful ways, and love you purely because you are their son or daughter. Many of you cry out with an orphan heart, as I have cried out many times in my own life, to God to come into these places that we feel weak. We feel the cracks in our walls. We feel the windows that will not shut in the uneven flooring because our foundations are weak. And we all know how important a strong, firm foundation really is. Just from the actual building sense of building homes, if you've ever been involved with a a house build or inspecting, buying a, a piece of property, one of the primary things they're always looking at is how strong the foundation is. You can go buy a beautiful home, but if at when you go to inspections, the foundation is um, questionable or appears weak, that's one of the first things that will trigger a buyer to get out of Dodge. Do not buy that home because if a foundation is weak or structurally unsound, then the entire property, the entire building, the entire home is at risk of collapse and um, the value is not there. And did you know that one of the most famous stories of a weak foundation lies in a place called Pisa, Italy? And I think it's probably obvious because of its now known name of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which was originally supposed to just be the Tower of Pisa. This was a tower that was originally built to house the bell of the Pisa Cathedral Complex. But did you know this three-story building was originally designed to be eight stories high, eight levels? But unfortunately, unbeknownst to the builders at the time, the tower was, as it was being built, was built an entirely unstable foundation. It was an altogether too small limestone base of only three meters deep, which was built into a dense clay bed. Um, it's now crazy to think that it eventually, before because they stopped the building, it eventually settled in in what it now looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But we, God does not desire that our homes be leaning towers and that the building of all the, the layers and the levels that he wants to build in our, within our home stops short of what the perfect design is. We're not meant to be three layers. We're not meant to be small little cottages. We're meant to be magnificent, glorious homes, mansions in our souls where all the truths flourish all the peace of Christ is alive within us so that we're overwhelmingly flooding and overflowing with this goodness and it pours out of every part of us. So what if our homes were built upon sand? Weak foundations built upon the ground that cannot stand. But what do we do with that? What do we do? That's like the big question here. What do we do with the foundations that have already been built up? Well, my friends, the lucky thing is, as I was praying through this and really reflecting on, well, what if your foundation was already built on sand? God, what if is sand does not have to remain sand? No, sand can turn into rock. And this is, my friends, is one of the reasons why I love this Bible verse so much. Because God, Jesus tells us himself that it doesn't matter 
the outward circumstances that are happening, right? If we reflect on that opening Bible verse again, the rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on rock. The same exact thing happened. The rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and fell and it, and it fell because it was built on sand. But that's the fear foundation was already built on sand. If you have things you're already struggling through, that does not have to be the end of your story. God is a God of restoration. God is a God of transformation. God is a God of digging up and rebuilding. He doesn't want you to live on a weak little cottage in your soul that is built on wavy sand that leads to cracks in your walls and windows that will not shut and uneven flooring. No, he wants to dig that up, my friends. He wants to lay down a new foundation, but we have to participate in that. We have to be responsive to that. And that's the funny thing. I always, I always love when I, when God, um, uh, speaks to our hearts in these ways. A lot of times I think we humans think, okay, God, then I need to go and dig up this sandy ground and build a new foundation and, and work hard to have a strong based rock that is built upon you so that I can build this mansion in my soul that I know you so desire. But I think my friends, it's so much easier than that. And yet sometimes we make it so much more complicated. and so hard. He's not asking us to do the digging and the building. He's asking us to allow him to do the digging and the building and the transforming. Right? So one of the interesting things as I was praying through this was, how sand um, can turn, obviously, into rock, right? Sandstone, which is a sedimentary rock, is formed when grains of sand are compacted and cemented together over thousands or millions of years. The sand grains are often composed of mineral quartz or feldspar that are worn off of other rocks, ground down into pebbles, and then are rebuilt over compaction over thousands and millions of years. (laughs) As I was praying through this and, and realizing, yes, sand could turn back into stone, I'm like, God, I don't have millions of years. Like, I need you to help transform this gr- this weighty foundation that I have now. I want to be built upon you, my rock, my salvation, right? This is we are sold in Psalm 18 too. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, right? And, um... 1 Samuel 2 2 says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Right? And I was I was thinking about this and going, God, I can't, I can't wait millions of years for you to transform this sand into stone. <laughs> and as I was like praying and looking into this, they found that like recently, not that long ago, like in the last like decade or so, um, researchers actually discovered that with the help of added microbes, sand can turn into stone rapidly. Researchers found that there's a bacterium, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce because you guys will all laugh at me, (laughs) that binds sand particles together. So starting with the soft sand and applying this bacterial treatment, they found that it turns harder each time the bacterial treatment touches it. And at the very very end, it's turned into something resembling marble and more like sandstone, and that this process can happen rapidly, Um, which is super interesting because the sand that almost feels like like unable to be solidified 
is actually something that doesn't necessarily need to take millions of years to turn into rock. And it's actually happened rapidly over periods of times. And they've, they've found fossils that have like hardened in sedimentary rock that they say, okay, this is something that happened quickly and suddenly that it turned sand turned into rock. Um, that was a real like comfort to my soul. And that does not mean that God is going to redo the foundation of my home overnight. And in fact, he asked me to come to him. He asked all of us to come to him in prayer with an openness and a receptivity and a willingness to do the dance with him. He is asking us to be open, that he will come in with those microbes and those bacteria and those things that can sometimes, I'll be frank, feel very painful. You all know I've been in a process of healing in the last few years from a lot of stuff from my formative years that have played into a lot of belief systems that have that have been wounding and broken broken in ways that have um, bled into my motherhood, into my marriage, in ways in which I constantly want to seek our Lord and turn my heart towards him so that I can learn to live in a way that loves well, that can bring him to my husband, to my kids in the way that he's called me to. But as I have a lot of these things buried deep in the basement, underneath the basement, in the foundation of my home, of my soul, I live out of these belief systems that are still broken and wounded and need tending to. And God desires to do that. And like I've said, a lot of times when we bring ourselves to this open position with God, it can be painful. Dredging up a lot of the things from our past or the painful memories that we have or ways in which God wants to speak truths into the places that we have um, but living in uh, a place of lies and untruths because we have believed things over the many years or decades or whatever it is, it can be painful. And I think of these microbes going into the sand and turning them into the steady rock. It probably is not um, the process of something beautiful and dazzling. It can look and probably be painful, especially when he wants to do it quickly. He might reveal things to your eyes and to your heart that may lead you to a place of real pain but there's a trust we need to do if we want to have that rock foundation of turning back to him and going okay god you are the perfect father here if you're revealing these things to my heart and to my mind and to my soul as painful as they are i must trust that you are doing something good here right and that might just be the process of turning your sandy foundation into something rocky right and and a lot of times uh, we've talked about this before on here, but a lot of times you can look out and somebody can have the exact same circumstances as someone else, and yet they handle it with grace and ease and they have a peace and joy. And you look at them and you go, Where did that come from? How come they can live through all that? And it doesn't make them anxious and wound up and, and stressed and devastated and tear filled and wanting to pull the covers over their eyes all the time. Where do they get that unearthly peace from? And my friends, I think our opening Bible verse is the answer to that. Because like Jesus said, the rain will come, the wind will blow, the house will be beat against. Same exact outward circumstances for a house built on sand versus a house built on stone, right? Built on rock. And yet that rocky, that house built on rock did not fall. The trust in God, the inner peace that they experience in the rain falling, the life circumstances, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, the abandonment by friends or family will not 
allow that house to fall because that house has been built on rock and that rock is God himself, right? And so it's so important that we don't look for anything else to be our rock. You don't look for the security of money. We all know what it's like to feel a little anxious or worried about finances or how you're going to afford this and that in life, especially right now when it seems like the world is just getting more expensive at every second. We can't look for the perfect relationships, the perfect in the flesh relationships to be your rock, the foundation of your entire inner being. You can't look for the perfect mother, the perfect father, the perfect spouse, the perfect child to fulfill, fulfill these places and give you that security, that foundation that your soul needs. No, my friends, Jesus gave us this Bible verse because he desires to be that rock. And how awesome is that? that you can live upon the perfect rock of God himself, which he has poured out and given to each and every one of us alike if we allow him to. So let him come in. Let him do his greatest work. Let him be what your house is built upon. So like I just keep asking God and I would invite you, my friends here, to ask God to join you in these places. Allow him to come dig up. Allow him to, if it, if it requires, and I'll be honest, guys, I say to him, if it requires you to knock down my house so that you can make space to come in and build a foundation built on you, rock, do it. I'll take the pain of knocking down my house so that you can rebuild. And he doesn't want to rebuild a cottage. He wants to rebuild a glorious mansion, a castle, right? A St. Therese. Teresa of Avila talks about the interior castle. He wants to rebuild a castle, a glorious, magnificent castle built upon him, upon his rock, right? So I just wanted to get on here and share the truth that sand can be turned into stone. So whether it's sand you have built up yourself, as we've all done with our sinful ways and the ways in which we've turned our hearts into the wrong things, made things in our lives, God, that is not ordered because God himself should be the only thing in which our souls and our hearts are worshiping, even though we often don't even realize that our hearts are secretly worshiping other things, right? Or whether it's the sand that's been built upon the, as the foundation beneath your home that was put together from your earliest years, your earliest childhood. Either way, God is not done here. I love to live in the hope of knowing God is not done. He desires to become the rock foundation. Whether you're 15 or 65, it doesn't matter. It is never too late to have your foundation, your sand be turned into stone. So let me pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I just want to thank you, first and foremost, for being a God of hope. A God who is never done calling us to yourself. A God who sees us fully as his beloved children. No broken walls, no cracked floors, no wavy flooring or open windows that won't shut. You don't see that. You just see a soul that you desire and that you love and that you treasure. I pray that we may have an openness and we may be willing to do the dance with you so that we may be free to allow you to come in and do so much of your transformative work. 
And if that means knocking down a few walls, digging up some flooring, or even going as deep as to transform sand into stone, I pray that we may be open and willing to allow you to do that. So that no matter what comes our way in this life, we will be sitting at your feet still while we're moving, while we're doing, and while we are amidst the rain and the storms and the beating upon our homes. When we are built upon you, we will know the goodness of your love and nothing can break our homes. Mama Mary, I ask you to come into this place with us walk alongside us, lead us to Jesus and hold our hands when we are fearful or afraid or feel unworthy of the work you desire, your son desires to do within our souls. I ask all this in Jesus's name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, my friends, thank you for joining me. Thank you for allowing me to pour my heart out to you. <laughs> And I pray that you all have a glorious and blessed week. And I cannot wait to catch up with you next week. God bless. Mm -hmm.